0: Nausea, bloating, and tooting, oh my. Let's talk tummy troubles. Welcome to your social anxiety bestie. I'm Sadie, and I'm here to share the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with severe social anxiety and perfectionism in 2018, and since then I've been nerding out on all things anxiety and healing. My goal is to help you feel less alone and give you tips to face your own social fears wherever you are on your journey. I hope today's episode reminds you that even though social anxiety is lonely, you are not alone. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, so it's December twenty second, very close to Christmas. Um, uh, we're in lockdown. The city I'm in locked down on Monday, so yesterday, and then the whole province is locking down on Boxing Day. So it's quite the year. (laughs) And I wasn't sure if it would be worth coming on and doing an episode because I was like, are people even going to be listening to podcasts over the holidays? And then I was like, well, I'm listening to lots of podcasts right now because there's not a whole lot to do that's not inside the house. And when the kids are playing, I just always have my little headset on and I'm going through the house tidying or whatever. I'm listening to a podcast. So I came on to do this podcast and it's about, um, tummy troubles, like tummy, tummy and digestive issues, um, connected with social anxiety or any anxiety. This was another one of the suggested topics. I'm basically going through all of your suggestions because I thought they were great and they were all relevant. Like they were all relatable to me. So I'm hoping um, that you'll get some value out of it. Um, it's something that has affected me a lot, tummy troubles, but I'll get into that in a little bit. I just wanted to start by sharing an interaction I had with one of you guys, actually, um, since the, since I did the phone anxiety episode, although I've gotten a lot of amazing messages from you guys about the driving anxiety episode, too. Um, but the phone anxiety episode, I got a voice note, a couple of voice notes from someone who listened and said that this was, um, basically it was the first time that someone else had voiced the struggles with the phone that can be associated with social anxiety. Um, she shared that it has always been a point of friction with family and friends. She felt alone, you know, it was impacting her self-esteem and, This episode was the first time that she felt, you know, normal, quote unquote, and at least not alone. And yeah, she said it was helpful to hear that someone else struggles with it, someone that maybe you wouldn't know at the surface, because obviously, I don't know, maybe maybe you wouldn't expect someone who hosts a podcast to have phone anxiety, but I really, really, really do. So um, I'm, 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 a, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but if you're listening, I just want to tell you how much your note meant to me. And I wanted to share it on here in case other people are listening and thinking that, okay, I did a podcast on phone anxiety. So it's just, there's a couple of people that can relate. No, I've gotten lots of messages. Like there's lots of us who struggle with this and with driving anxiety. So anytime that you think that the reason you're struggling is you suck. That is not true, and it's not just you. I think all a lot of us have private struggles that are too embarrassing to share, and that's one of the big reasons I do this podcast. My mother-in-law has always told me, don't judge your insides by someone else's outsides, especially on social media. So, it's one of the reasons I'm so committed to just being real as much as I can on the topic of phone anxiety. I've actually been having a lot of it, which is surprising. Um, I, you know, I I have gotten a lot better, but with the holidays coming up and all, not being able to go visit people, there's people that I want to call that are not online necessarily, family like my grandfather, for example. But I'm really, really scared, and I'm I'm struggling to do it. I don't want anyone to feel like I don't care about them, and then. You know, like when I'm avoiding committing to a time to do the call, I get all these feelings that I talked about in the episode, guilt, shame, disappointment in myself. Um, anyway, I, I, it's something that I'm working through. I just wanted to share that you're, you know, you're not alone if phone anxiety is super duper flaying up for you right now. One of the suggestions I made in that episode was to send voice notes to friends and family that you want to connect with, but that you struggle to call on the phone. And I've actually gotten a couple of voice notes from you guys. So thank you for that. I really, really like that. And I wanted to open it up to anyone who hasn't reached out to me. If you would like to practice voice notes with me, because you you want to do that, but you don't necessarily have a safe person because maybe, maybe you haven't shared that you struggle with social anxiety with anybody in your life. Um, the podcast is called your social anxiety bestie. I can be that for you. Um, if you want to message me on Instagram or messenger, they both have, um, they both have the voice note feature might be easier on Instagram and If your note is awkward, and there's weird pauses at the beginning, and you're not sure what to say, and your mind blanks, I am not going to judge you. That happens to me all the time. It has happened to me. It will happen to me. It it has happened to the people that have messaged me. You have nothing to be embarrassed about with me. I I can be that safe person for you if you want to practice voice noting someone. So I just want to leave that open to you uh now or whenever you feel like giving it a try one topic that i thought would be really relevant for people who struggle with social anxiety at this time of year is setting boundaries struggling to set boundaries with family and friends especially this year when there's different levels of restrictions related to lockdowns and all that and different comfort levels for how many people you're you're comfortable seeing and and all that stuff I feel like that is a situation that is perfect for social anxiety triggers because we we struggle with that kind of thing like with conflict with tension disappointing people all that stuff and I wanted to do an episode on it but honestly I feel like I still have a long way to go in learning about setting boundaries and honoring them so My goal is that maybe this time next year, I can do that kind of episode, if not sooner. But for now, what I would like to do is suggest a couple of episodes by the Anxious Therapist podcast. Um, The host is Jacqueline. If you listen to my podcast, there's a huge chance you already listened to hers because hers is an amazing, just super valuable, relatable podcast, and it's well-established. So you probably already know her. But she's done a couple of recent episodes. Um, One is called I Feel Guilty. It's episode 218. It's about setting boundaries for the holidays. And then her most recent one is episode 220, Your Emotions Are Valid. And it's just about being uncomfortable with the current emotion that you're feeling. Um, So I'll put those in the show notes. And I super recommend her her whole podcast, but especially those two episodes um, because they're very timely. Okay, so tummy troubles. I have tummy troubles. I have had much, much, much worse tummy troubles in the past than I do now. Once I started managing my social anxiety, um, the tummy troubles have become much less. And now they tend to only flare up when I'm really um, stressed or triggered in some way. And I thought I would start by just sharing a couple of quotes that I found online when I was doing some research for the episode because I wanted to research and make sure that um, this was actually a thing. It wasn't just me making a false association between tummy troubles and social anxiety. Um, But according to mayoclinic.org, some of the physical symptoms that can accompany social anxiety disorder include blushing, fast heartbeat, trembling, sweating, upset stomach, or nausea, that's the one we're focusing on, trouble catching your breath, Dizziness or lightheadedness, feeling that your mind has gone blank, and muscle tension. So, obviously, upset stomach and nausea are on there. I relate to every single one of those, and the feeling that your mind has gone blank. One, I was so confused until I realized that that was related to social anxiety. It still happens, like right before I right before I start recording an episode, my mind is blank. I cannot, I cannot think about what I am going to say. It's just. It's like my mind is quicksand, um, but it has it has gotten better. And then in the other one, the other source I have is, it's a bit of a longer quote. It comes from calmclinic.com, and it's ang- um, examples of anxiety-related stomach issues. And the excerpt says, there are numerous issues caused by anxiety that could cause various types of discomfort in the abdomen. Some examples are abdominal tension, Stress tends to cause a great deal of tension in the abdomen. That tension can tire out abdominal muscles and cause an internal feeling of discomfort. Digestion. Stress affects hormone levels, and hormones are used to aid digestion. When you're stressed, it can lead to hormonal imbalance, resulting in indigestion that may lead to bloating, intestinal pain, and more. Irritable bowel syndrome. Anxiety has been found to be one of the most likely causes of irritable bowel bowel syndrome, or IBS. IBS occurs when your body's digestive system is functioning poorly without a definite underlying cause. It can cause altered bowel movements and abdominal discomfort. Uh, Long story short, this is the end of the quote, but long story short, yes, it is normal to have tummy troubles if you also have social anxiety. Personally, I, I don't relate to IBS, although I thought that I might before I got my anxiety under control, but the abdominal tension and digestion are definitely relatable for me. Okay, so here's a bit about my experience with tummy troubles. For basically all of my I don't know, let's say late teens to mid 20s, I thought I thought there was something wrong with my tummy or my digestive system. I thought I was lactose intolerant. So for a few years, I either tried eliminating lactose or I, I also took um, like lactose pills. Like, I think they're called lactate or lactese, Um to, to help you consume dairy products without the side effects if you're lactose intolerant. It didn't really help. Um, I tried eliminating different kinds of foods and none of it really helped. I mean, it gave me the burst of excitement and optimism at the beginning of this new elimination diet, because I was like, oh, I'm in control. I'm going to fix this. But inevitably, I would still have the issues. Um, It was most pronounced when I was younger. Um, During car trips and family visits, we would, like my family and I would visit relatives that live about, I don't think like six six or seven hours away by car. And the whole car ride, I would just be in so much pain just these cramps and like gas but gas that didn't want to come out so just imploding gas pain bloating um like my tummy would make these embarrassing noises which is which just made it worse and it would get to the point where I would eventually get to this get to the place and I'd have to lie on my stomach Ideally, on a heating pad or something warm to help the cramps. And for when I was a teenager with my family, I never told anyone. I think my dad knew that I had tummy pains, but I never told him the extent of it that like I would get lightheaded and sweaty. It hurts so much. But I would be sitting there talking to people, talking to family, acting like I was fine, putting on my people pleasing mask but I would be in so much pain. I felt like I was going to throw up. It was, but I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know I had social anxiety. I didn't know any of this stuff. So like, what are you going to do when you, you don't want to cause a scene. You don't want to be a bother and you don't know what's going on anyway. I just swallowed it, so to speak. Um, I never want to go back to that. Okay. So how do we actually help ourselves feel better? One thing I wanted to share is, again, from Calm Clinic, and it's a quote related to diet because I targeted my diet for so many years, and I think, I'm not sure if I gained as much as I lost by obsessing over my diet, so I just wanted to share this quote. Anxiety-related stomach pain is not usually the result of your diet, although a poor diet and sedentary lifestyle may increase the risk of anxiety. So there aren't necessarily any dietary changes that can help reduce stomach pain. Now, huge, I guess, disclaimer to that is that obviously for some people, dietary changes will help. Everyone's different. In my case, I became fixated on changing my diet and it ended up not being the cause. But one of the things I'm going to share as one of the tips later is a podcast episode that does talk about foods that can help with anxiety. So, you know, you may have to do some trial and error there, but. My advice would be don't beat yourself up or don't exhaust yourself trying to eliminate every single thing from your diet that could possibly be a trigger until you know more about what's going on. All right, so here are my six tips. One is the biggest one for me, relieve the underlying stress and address the anxiety disorder. This is ultimately what helped me. When I left... Uh, left home, like left where I had grown up and where I was living, where I was living after my past relationship failed, all that negative association. I moved in with Jesse, my husband, and it was in a different place. So, a lot of new things, I guess, I guess a lot of skeletons in the closet got left behind, and that relieved a lot of anxiety. And then I started medication, and that relieved a lot of anxiety. Eventually, I started therapy. And that relieved a lot of anxiety. Although by that point, my, my tummy was way better than it had been. So for me, even just getting into a supportive environment made a huge difference. But um, yeah, um, addressing the anxiety was it for me, was, was a huge thing for me. Uh, number two, in terms of actually treating the symptoms, I've tried things like gas pills. I can't remember what they're called. Peptobismol and antacids. I still occasionally need this like if I know I'm going to be traveling. Well, okay, I'm obviously not traveling anytime soon, but when I traveled to my best friend's wedding in 2019, um I didn't think I felt that anxious, but my I had like traveler's tummy and it was it was not pretty. <laughs> it's not it was not pretty what was going on underneath my 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 maid of honor dress. Um so I had like captobismol and stuff. Um, Yeah, so there's obviously situations that are that are past my threshold for what I can cope with without feeling symptoms of tummy stuff. Um, Number three, heat really, really helps me. So lying on a heat pad, taking a hot shower, taking a warm bath, um, combined often with with pressure. So lying on my tummy, I find that that kind of works out those cramps and some gas issues, you know. Number four is, uh, do consider ruling out other causes by talking to a doctor or gastroenterologist. That was one of the suggestions from one of you guys on Instagram. Um, because like, I don't know, (laughs) I'm not a doctor for me, it was anxiety related, but for you, it could be anxiety and something else. It could be anxiety and diet five, consider your diet or look at your diet, but only to the extent that looking at your diet doesn't worsen your anxiety. That's key because I have a tipping point. I can, I can look at my diet and tweak it a little bit, but if I look too hard and start to fixate on it and get perfectionistic about it, it makes my anxiety worse rather than better. So it's a balance. Um, But there's a a podcast. It's actually the podcast I was interviewed on. It's called Stand Up to Anxiety. And on episode 10, Lucy interviewed Ashley, who's uh, another content creator in the mental health space on Instagram. She's amazing. She's the sweetest, sweetest person. She was interviewed and she shared foods that help her anxiety and how she has used diet and supplements to help her anxiety. And I think that would absolutely be worth a listen because that's not something that I can really speak about, at least not yet. And then number six is, it, it's actually something that I want to try. I haven't done it yet. It's yoga with Adrian, which is a super popular yoga tra- channel that you may have heard of. She has an 18 minute yoga practice for gut health. So it's called yoga for gut health. I want to try that and just see what it's like. Um, so all of the links I've mentioned, I'll just put those in the show notes. Okay, I hope that's helpful. I I have an affirmation-ish sort of thing to share with you. Like the last one, it's long, so it will go in the show notes. It's not specifically related to tummy necessarily. It's just more of a validation about having social anxiety and being the person that you are, being shy, which is not the same as social anxiety, but there's overlap. And I wrote this because as I was getting some of your messages, it I was reminded that. You know, I every day I'm in the mental health space online you know, on Instagram and stuff like that or planning this podcast. So for me, it's normal to talk about mental health with people. It's normal to talk about my mental health and learn things. I forget that for some people and maybe for some of you, talking about mental health is brand new. Being told that you don't suck, that maybe you just have social anxiety, which is treatable, Not if like that, that could be brand new. This could be the first time someone is telling you that, yes, I experience the things that you experience. Yes, it can get better. Yes, I still think that you are wonderful and strong, even if you don't think so all the time. I just wrote this for you. Here it goes. I don't have to be the most socially confident person in the world. It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be an introvert. It's okay to be a homebody. The goal is not to change these parts of myself. The goal is just to relieve the symptoms of social anxiety disorder and the distress they cause me. Social anxiety is not who I am. It's something I experience and it can get better and I can still be myself throughout the process. I'm gonna leave you with that. And then after the outro, I have a story about swimming and friendship. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope you found it helpful. Anxiety thrives on avoidance, and we can take back our power by just showing up like you did today. Remember that you're probably underestimating how strong and wonderful you are, and you're probably overestimating how perfect and put together other people are. So show up scared. Show up imperfect. Just show up. And while you're at it, come find me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie so we can be awkward together. So this one's not exactly funny, but it's close to my heart because it just happened and it has to do with friendship and social anxiety. So I had to share it with you. Every Saturday, my family and I go swimming at the pool. There's very limited tickets and you have to reserve ahead of time. They can only have 20 20 swimmers total in the building and in the warm pool, the kiddie pool, you can only have six at a time. So I always reserve the day before. And I happened to tell a friend of mine about it and she was interested because she has a one-year-old. So they booked tickets and we were going to see each other at the pool. Obviously we have to keep our distance, but I mean, we would at least see each other. That's, that's the best, the closest thing to hanging out you can get in 2020. So I was super excited leading up to this. I was like, okay, we're going to hang out in the warm pool. And, you know, there's seven of us. So we'll have to, like, Jesse and I will have to rotate which one of us is in the warm pool. But we'll get to see each other. We'll get to chat a little bit. It'll be great. I forgot about social anxiety, though. (laughs) When it came to it, I was excited, looking forward to it, right up until I got onto the deck. And I saw them. And I smiled at them. And, like, I did my, my happy little smile. And then I realized... Oh my God, I can't hang out with them. If I hang out with them for any length of time, they're going to realize what a dork I am. They're going to realize that I'm like super awkward, or they're going to not like me, or they're going to think that I don't like them, or it's going to be weird. I'm going to be weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be exhausted. Like all these things that I thought I had processed and dealt with already, but I haven't really had a lot of social interaction face to face in 2020. So what ended up happening is they were already in the warm pool. There's three of them. And that meant there could only be three more people in the warm pool. And when spaces opened up, it could either be me and my two kids or Jesse and our and my two kids, our two kids. And what I should have done is take the two kids into the pool so I could talk to my friend. But I sent Jesse because I was just I don't know why. I should have gone in, but I didn't. I was just scared. And self-conscious and I could like barely look at them and and then I thought about how standoffish I must look and that made that made the anxiety worse so I just swam laps which I love to do but you know that's not really what I was hoping to do that day and Jesse was in the, the small pool with everybody and yeah we ended up chatting a little bit at the end which was nice and uh, I've been in touch with her since then, and we voice noted back and forth. And like she shared that she was having her own social anxiety issues about um, taking up the pool, and then I couldn't go in the pool, and she felt bad. And <laughs> we just we we voice noted back and forth, and we worked through it. And I love having friendships like that. I love being honest about anxiety that way. I know it's a long story, but I just wanted to share that even after therapy, even having a podcast called your social anxiety bestie about reclaiming friendship and working through social anxiety, sometimes it still catches me off guard. It's, it it doesn't feel good. There's no way around that. Like I want to say it doesn't feel good, but I'll be okay. But no, like I really felt bad that day. I felt really sad and guilty. And I just wanted to share that to say that you are not alone. And I totally get the paradox and tragedy of social anxiety. We crave connection, but we fear people. We crave contact and interaction, but it scares us. And that is why social anxiety is so frustrating and so lonely. And that's why I'm going to keep doing these episodes because you are not alone, even though we get really lonely sometimes.